You've been suckered into listening to a podcast of Spurious Morality. And welcome to a podcast of Spurious Morality. I'm Johnston, and this week I have with me Mansour. Hello. And Connor. Hello. And it's it's the end of another month. Uh, this one has flown by, but we've had some absolutely excellent releases throughout, so it's it's going to be nice to talk about them over the next little bit. Um, so... Just to get us started, nice and quick fire kind of thing, I'm going to ask you guys what your favourite release of August has been. So do you want to go first, Connor? Uh, yes, um, I'm going to go with The Ninth Doctor Adventures um, because I think it's the strongest set we've had in quite a wee while, maybe since um, Old Friends, maybe Monsters in Metropolis. Um I think it sort of had sort of buoyed the um the, the sort of the range back up to its full strength again after um a set I maybe wasn't so keen on. So I I really liked hearing it sort of go back to a, a bit of a return to form. Yeah, excellent. So it was a very good set, and uh, it was in some ways it was like a nice little return to to basics, I guess, for the Ninth Doctor. You know, turn up, arrive in situation, deal with situation, monster, whatever, and yeah, all done, nice and simple. Um, I think uh, the previous set, Back to Earth, was a little bit uh, complex. Some of the stories were a bit more complex. So, yeah, I did appreciate its sort of simplicity a bit. Uh, Mansell, what about you? Favourite release of August? Um, I think favourite story would be Salvation 9 from the Ninth Doctor set. Uh, favourite release... They're all quite close for me, but I'd say probably Gallifrey just because maybe it's partly because we did the Gallifrey episode recently. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the one that I think I'm most invested in the ongoing story of. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's probably the one I pick in terms of release. Uh, yeah, I'd agree. Gallifrey as well. It's, as I said on last week's episode, it is... You know my favourite big finish range, so it's it's been another strong entry, and it's it's actually continued the story from the four previous Time War sets quite a bit more than I expected it to. Um, but we'll come back to that later. We'll talk about Gallifrey properly afterwards. Okie dokie. Um, so as I said, it has been a very very strong month. We've seen some excellent releases, uh, a nice variety of ranges. Uh, the first one we're going to look at is um, 
the Ninth Doctor Adventures Into the Stars. Uh, as ever, this episode does come with a spoiler warning. We are talking about everything Big Finish have put out in the last month. Also, we're going to be looking at other things. You know, I suspect uh, previous Sixth Doctor Adventures will be mentioned, Ninth Doctor Adventures, Gallifrey. So yeah, it's it's quite a broad spoiler warning again this week. Um, Into the Stars then, uh, the Ninth Doctor's latest set. We're sort of well into uh, the second series of Christopher Eccleston audios now. Um, we say this every time a Ninth Doctor release comes out, but the novelty just still hasn't worn off. We have got audio Ninth Doctor and it's, if you'll excuse the pun, fantastic. Um, Connor then, you uh, you talked to us about it first, the Ninth Doctor Adventures. Yes, I really, really liked it. It's back to um, a, um, a, a sort of a set where I can point at all three episodes and say, yes, these were all really good. I like them all for different reasons. Um, Salvation 9, I think um, it's hard to think of a more unique take on the Sontarans. Um, I know we've had strikes before, but it's not often that we've had, a, a, you know, where we've had a story that takes the Sontarans and has them completely change their ways and reject the their their more battle oriented mindset and go for something peaceful and 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 just simply different from what the you know they have traditionally been. Um it's refreshing to hear that as well, sort of up against Christopher Eccleston's doctor. And he gets to be a wee bit more um joyous and a wee bit more fun in this one at times. Um, particularly it's the scene where he sees the baby Sontarans, um, sort of brings it out in him. And I really like that because his doctor is one that I think I certainly, I often fall into the trap of thinking of thinking of him as quite brooding and gloomy and, you know, um, ponderous. And then you get something like this and he, he just shows his sheer joy at the universe, surprising him even after so many years. Um, so I particularly liked that. Um, Last of the Zeta scene was um, possibly my favorite of the set. I think. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm happy to say that's my favorite of the set. Um. I loved Maureen O'Brien in it. Um. Big Finish have gone back to something they used to do a lot in the early years recently, where they've brought back. Um, classic companions, particularly sort of from the first, second, and third Doctor eras, to have them play different characters. It happened recently with um, Katie Manning in the second Doctor set playing the Ice Queen. And it's really effective because it gives these actors something different to do. And Maureen O'Brien couldn't have played it any differently from Vicky. I actually was um, having to check the cast list at times to make sure it was actually her that I was listening to because she just sounds so different and Sounds like she's enjoying getting to do something so different. Um, and then Break the Ice, I, I really liked as well. Um, something that had been on my checklist for the Ninth Doctor Adventures since the word go was a Christmas special. And we've, we've, we've got one in this. Um, and it's by Tim Foley, so you cannot go wrong. Um, I did think it maybe lacked a little bit of the emotional heart of his previous... Ninth Doctor stories, um, um, I think Fright Motif and um, Outlang Sign do a better job of threading 
um, sort of the emotional story through the more thriller, um, you know, traditional sci-fi aliens chasing up and down corridors parts of the story. Um, but you do get a wee bit of a kicker at the end from this one. The Doctor gets to give um, that family their, you know, the best possible Christmas gift that they could have. Um, and quite an exciting post credit scene in this one. Or maybe we're finally, or maybe this time around with the Ninth Doctor Adventures, we're going to get uh, an original big bad for the series rather than using the Cybermen um, in, in Series 1 or something else like that. So, yeah, I really, really like this set. Uh, yeah, particularly strong set. And uh, like you say, it's nice to finally have a, a Ninth Doctor Christmas episode um, released in the uh, festive month of August. Um, but no, it's great. It, it's fantastic. It was a really good sort of strong set. And um, all three stories were thoroughly entertaining. Uh, Mansell, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, just agree with... With all of that, I mean, for me, my favourite was the first one. I think that was the one that just, it was kind of silly and lighter, but yeah, it, it just uh, was really well done. Um, and yeah, some of the humour was genuinely funny as well. Um, yeah, I think there was a like a slightly different take on Santorans in that uh the Wicked Sisters box set, but it it was not quite the same. Uh, um, but yeah, just and yeah, I also agree with that. It's just nice to see the Ninth Doctor having moments of like joy and levity. Uh, the other one that stood out to me, uh, and I, I like the variety across this set as well. But the the last one reminded me of quite a few other things in a in a good way. Um, there was a lot of kind of elements of the Satan pit and also a lot of waters of Mars. It's Christmas. Um, instead of water creatures, you have this ice creature. Um, and the performance, the, the character of Jack Frost, I thought there was a lot of the, the word Lord in there as well. Um, just in terms of this like other dimensional entity who's, uh, and just the way he comes across, it reminded me quite a lot of uh, of that character as well. Uh, but yeah, all, all good things to be drawing on, but it felt like it was... Well, and again, like the Ninth Doctor hasn't had many of those types of stories, so it was good to see him in that in that sort of situation. Uh, yeah, so really strong set, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I'm enjoying that we are getting sort of two recurring themes uh, out of these Ninth Doctor Adventures now. Uh, one of them being sort of the the monster that's not quite a monster, that it, you know, a, a kind of, uh, I suppose not a, character, a version of a character or a monster that's been redeemed, but, you know, a different view on them. So we had it with the Cybermen in uh, Monsters in Metropolis, and we've had it with Sontarans in Salvation 9, just kind of, post-Time War Ninth Doctor meeting these old villains and just sort of finding out that the universe can still surprise him. It's not all doom and gloom. There can be an element of positivity out of there as well. And I guess that's kind of the, the second thing I wanted to touch on is the Ninth Doctor being surprised by the universe and, you know, being happy about it and enjoying 
just still being there and still existing after the trauma of the time war. And I think Eccleston's really doing a good job of um, getting stuck into that and portraying that. So, yeah, it's nice to see a bit of development with the character going on and just sort of uh, letting him enjoy being in the universe. Um, it's difficult to pick a favourite from this set. I really, really enjoyed all three. Um, I think I'm going to go with uh, Last of the Zeta Scene. A lot of fun. Uh, I do enjoy James Kettle's script as well. He's sort of written some of the best stuff uh, to come out as a big finish over the last couple of years. So, yeah, let's have a lot more of the same. Uh, next release for us to talk about um, is we've had a new, right at the start of the month, we had a new River Song set. Uh, which was Two Rivers and a Firewall. Um, and it's, it has done something slightly different to other river sets, I guess. It wasn't as sort of far removed from normal river as the last set was, a new recruit. But it's given us uh, a nice sort of range of stories with a, a loose theme of, uh, I suppose, technology and that sort of thing. Very loose. Um, but yeah, four sort of solid, enjoyable stories. Um, you've heard them, haven't you, Mansell? What were your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think you, you summed it up there. So like, it's not they're they're not the best ever, but they're they're pretty good. And again, it's a nice variety. I like what I'm really looking forward to is that future river song box set where it's going to be one story across the box set. Because if they're not going to give her like a a decent recurring cast um, in the way that Bernice had during the single disc releases. The next best best thing is to to make the theme of each box set a bit tighter. Um, yeah, and I think it would just be that thing of making it more than the sum of its parts because you can have four solid stories, but it's nicer if they're four solid stories that actually that connect together. But but I like I like some of the individual ones in this. Like some of the concepts were were quite creative. You've got the first one with an alternative river. You've got the last one that's dipping right into like the post library timeline. Um, and the Auton one, the second last one, uh, I thought was 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 good. There were some creepy moments. Uh, I would say that the the big twist of the fact that there are autons in it. Um, that was good. That was quite a shock. But then the final twist of one of the characters being an auton, I was just kind of waiting for that to be dropped. It, that wasn't as much of a surprise. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I saw that one coming miles off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it's been a nice, strong set. It, it's I do feel as though... As you've said, um, the river sets would benefit from a little bit more direction, whether that comes from sort of making, as they are with the next set, it all one nice big story, or whether it's um, sort of adding those recurring characters and that kind of thing. But yeah, it, it there's an element of it just being, here are four things that River Song did. And it would be nice to just have a little bit more of a coherent thing going on. 
Yeah, and that, and they've had so many like they've had so many characters that have turned up in like a couple of stories, but they've never really committed to having them recur more than that. Yeah, and that's perhaps uh, perhaps something they're going to start to work with in the next in the next set because, like we say, it's it's obviously going to be different. They've advertised from the very start that the next set is a different beast. I'm really looking forward to that that next one, um, just because of it. It is. It's not often that you get a box set written by completely one writer, and it, it is usually very very nice to get sort of their um sort of voice throughout the whole story so it almost feels like they've written a novel and we're getting to hear that adapted um and it has a really really strong cast on there as well i'm just looking at it at the moment it's wendy craig mark elstob um isla blair a few others they're all really really you know names we've had a few times across big finish but they're all really really good it's always good to see them turn up um and particularly then in a tim foley script i'm really delighted that we're getting you know that singular story with a really, really strong cast like that. Roll it on, absolutely. Um, there's certainly never been a River release that I've not enjoyed, but I do, like I say, I just I want a bit more from the range. I just want a bit more direction or I want other characters that I can kind of get behind because we kind of know the entirety of River's character. It was a very long-form arc in the TV series. Uh, there aren't really many places for River to go as a character, so somebody else there that we can develop and follow, I would appreciate. But yeah, it, it's it was definitely another enjoyable River set. Um, let us move on. Let us have a quick look at uh, this month's Torchwood, Suckers, which um, the cover certainly raised a few eyebrows when it was first revealed um but it, it's it's another very dark very sinister uh monthly torchwood release uh with some slightly shocking themes i think actually um and it's it, it gave the hint towards the end that it could perhaps be the start of a little bit of a storyline maybe there could be some elements from this story that return uh, Mansoor, you've heard it. What do you think? Um, yeah, I like this one. Yeah, on, on the cover, I think a lot of the Torchwood covers are, are pretty good, but there is sometimes a bit of a disconnect between the cover and the actual story, either in terms of actual events or tone. Um, and yeah, I'd say this is an example of that, that that cover doesn't really make me think of, of this story. Yeah. Um it's definitely, uh, like you say, it's an interesting one. It's just it's, it's tentacles pointing at Tosh. And yeah, we get a scene that's a little bit like that in the story, but it's definitely not anything in there. It's not quite as bad as uh, Reese with an Auton gun coming out of his hand uh, as we've had in the past when there was no Reese Auton at all in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's I enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice, solid story. It's it's not really doing anything that we've not seen from this range before. But we are what about well sixty odd releases into it now, aren't we? Torchwood monthlies, um, and we're still getting really good quality stuff. We're still getting 
characters that we love. Um, I mean, Tosh release is always something a bit special. It's always something we look forward to. Um, it's something Twitter gets quite excited about whenever it's announced. Uh, I'm all for more Tosh. Um, but yeah, it's it's been another good month for Torchwood. Yeah, and I, and I thought like I thought it was a good story. Um, like the because it does that thing of like um, you know, are there actual monsters out there or is it just humans being awful? And then it comes down on where well, it's not one or the other; it's like a combination of the two. So I thought that was that was a nice nice touch. Um, yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, and as you'd expect from this range, it's got that kind of like nice sort of critical. Uh, approach to things like uh, over medicalization and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. Um, one little nitpick, and I just like I don't want this to be like a criticism of the um, the actor. I think it's great that they're making you know scripts and casting more more inclusive and more diverse. She uses the word um, mashallah quite a few times, um, almost to the point of a catchphrase, and it's not from what I can work out, it's not used in the right way. It's almost used as like a kind of exclamation as a kind of jumping Jehoshaphat or, you know, Oh God. Um, but that word mashallah is more of like a good thing. It's meant to be like a, a kind of um, like something good happens and you say like, mashallah, that's, that's, uh, that's a nice thing. Um, so that kind of stood out to me a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't want to, that to be too nitpicky, but, um, but yeah, it kind of, stood out a little bit but the, the story as a whole i really enjoyed yeah it's interesting point um i think that big finish has sort of got a hell of a lot better over the last few years with its you know diversity in casting and even writing um yeah, like yeah i think like moving yeah we've come like a long way Patriot. since yeah <laughs> since i um, but yeah, another good Torchwood release. Uh, I do really enjoy this range. It's it's always something I look forward to. It's always a highlight. Um, it's very very rare that it's it's disappointed me ever. Really um, interesting to note that this one came with um, a very specific trigger warning. In the past, it's always been you know Torchwood is for adults. Don't let your kids listen to it. But this one sort of specifically talks about some of the themes and references in the story. Yeah. I do wonder that if going forward this is what we're going to get from Torchwood now or whether it's specific to this release. Well, they'd have to make them... Because it was very specific to this story. Like it talked about the specific issues and themes. So are they going to do a different one for each? Because I, I thought the one before was good as a like catch-all. Because there have been other stories that talk about... like really like potentially triggering or um uh, or traumatic stuff but they've just kind of kept it more general like don't let children listen to this basically but yeah it's i'm not against it and actually if it allows the range to maybe go a bit further push some more boundaries then i'm i'm all for it actually i wonder if they should put it on the product page because if it's about you know making adults aware so you might be an adult, but you might find certain topics triggering or upsetting. You might want to factor that in when you're actually buying it. Um, so I did. I noticed that it's been added to the app. Um, ah, okay. There's a please note 
and then it's effectively a text version of the trigger warning that appears at the start of the episode. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But I'm, like I say, I'm, I'm all for uh, this kind of thing, especially if it enables Torchwood to venture into maybe not darker territory, but different territory. Um, next release on our list is um, it's Gallifrey. Um, we'll have to be careful to not do a whole other hour about Gallifrey here, Mansoor, after last week's episode. Um, I really enjoyed this set. I didn't really know what to expect, and I had some reservations about there being no Romana. Um, I still, in fact, even after listening to the set, I still think she's an essential sort of part of the Gallifrey puzzle. But her presence was still felt, even though she wasn't in it. Um, but let's let's hear your thoughts, Mansoor. Yeah, she gets mentioned a few times, doesn't she? Which makes me think that it's pretty likely we'll see her again in one of the future box sets. Because uh, if, if, if we weren't going to see her again, I think we would have just mentioned her once or twice and moved on. Um, yeah, I like, I like this one a lot. I think maybe partly because we did the Gallifrey episode recently and um, I'm kind of quite invested in that overall story of the range at the moment. Um, I think the theme tune was new and I liked it. It was kind of uh, kind of hinting towards some of like the TV scores, but felt like a Gallifrey theme as well. Um, I was wondering whether, like with the setup in the first episode, you've got Leela who's kind of being forced into working for the, the new Time Lord regime. Um, and I was wondering if that was the Suicide Squad Time War setup that we'd heard about uh, or that had been rumoured. I don't think it's ever actually been announced. Uh, it doesn't carry through the whole box set, so maybe not. Maybe that is something different that will still materialise at some point. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, quite limited Richard Armitage as well, which they explain in the behind the scenes is because he's yeah just so busy that they, they had to just grab what time they could with him. Uh, but again, like he's mentioned throughout the rest of the box set, everyone is like kind of very scared of or um or always talking about him and uh so you kind of feel it's got a different feel to the the era when Romana was in charge. Um yeah again like a nice set of stories. Um we got sentient TARDISes. Uh again the, the behind, I don't always listen to the behind the scenes but they were quite interesting for this release. They talk about um Originally, they were going to go with having a sentient version of time uh, taking the role of that TARDIS. And then they changed it to a TARDIS because of flux. They didn't want to conflict with what was being done on screen. Um, yeah, and so all of that reminded me of stuff from the, the novels where you had sentient war TARDISes and uh, stuff in the time war in the books. Um yeah, and I'm intrigued to see where this goes next. I, I think they were really setting up for not just a Romana return, but also a bit of a confrontation between Leela and Rassilon. She seems to be really gunning for um, a fight with him. 
Uh, and it's intriguing to think where that's going to go, given what we know about her future and Rassilon's future. Well, yeah, we've we've seen a uh, a post Time War Rassilon, but we we haven't really spent any time with a post Time War Leela, apart from those particularly dark companion chronicles, which kind of suggest that her final days are incredibly bleak. Um. Well, there's the War Doctor, isn't there, isn't there as well? Which is which would be after. Yes, if I'm getting the timeline right, that, that those would be after this as well. But then it's, it feels like there's a big gap. Like she's a lot older. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm assuming that the idea was that when um, uh, when Leela was lost to the Time War in the first Gallifrey Time War set, that was it. She was lost until. Uh, she met up with the War Doctor, but uh, obviously she returned in the Gallifrey Time War sets, and uh, that seemed to sort of change things a little bit. Um, but we'll see. It's uh, either way. I I can't actually see this War Room series ending particularly well for Leela. Um, but we'll see what happens, and hopefully we will hear more from Richard Armitage because I think. His sort of unhinged portrayal of Rassilon is absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, what what we got from him, this was really good. And it was apparently recorded during the end of um, Time War 4, uh, which kind of links up with, I think, what you were saying before about it feels like a very direct continuation of the last box set. Um, but yeah, I thought he was really good. He's got like a very quiet but menacing... Um, style uh which is uh yeah it's different from <laughs> timothy dalton's more sort of rabid um shouty, shouty and spitty <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's very very good for audio because audio is all about like nuance oh and just yeah like i just want to say a quick thing about like audio that's just made me think of um how good louise jameson was especially in some of the first um the first episode like there's a moment where she conveys just through her performance um, that she's uh, like feeling the pain of this um, control collar that they put on her, and it's all just done through the performance. You get a sense of it, and it's something that if if you're on TV, you'd have some visual cue, or if you were overwriting an audio script, you'd put some narration or like clunky dialogue in there. But she just conveys it in this really deft way. And uh, yeah, I think she just uh, does some really nice things with her performance in this in this range. Yeah, you you really sort of felt that she was wearing that shock collar in that first episode, and yeah. it, I mean that I thought that was brilliant. It was just such immediately it sort of announced that this was going to be a little bit darker than um, the previous Gallifrey Time War series, and that we were into murkier territory now. Um, yeah, I quite liked that. Uh, I also quite liked the fact that uh, the general, who could quite easily sort of turn into a fairly bland character um, throughout this, actually sort of, he respects Leela. And I, uh, there's a nice little dynamic between the two characters going on. And I think um, the way he reacted to Narvin in the final episode just shows that actually there's quite a bit to this character and he's 
he's not just Rassilon's soldier. He's not just Rassilon's general. There is more to him. So I'm looking forward to sort of that continuing to develop. We shall move on to uh, the last release we're going to talk about then. Um, this was the Sixth Doctor Adventures, uh, Purity Undreamed, which was uh, obviously the follow-up to Waterworlds, which came out earlier in the year, which we thoroughly enjoyed. Um, we said lots and lots of nice things about it when we did our end-of-the-month episode then. Um, personally, I think the quality has stayed nice and high with this. I think it's an absolutely brilliant continuation uh, to what's going on with the Sixth Doctor at the moment. It feels very much like its own era, and I don't think any of the other box sets that we've had this year have quite managed to catch that yet. Um, Jacqueline Rayner's obviously at the helm, um, and she did point out on Twitter as well that it's, it's very much her and Robert Valentine, and they're sort of referring to it as the, the Reign of Valentine era, uh, which I absolutely think is just spot on and perfectly reasonable. It, it's its own era now, and it really is developing into something relatively unique. I think the stories we're getting are fairly traditional. It's, you know, you go into a Doctor Who story knowing what to expect. But there are just sort of some great character moments or just little things that sort of elevate these. Um, so let's go to Connor and find out what you thought. Um, I really, really like this set. Um, I think it was a big step up from Waterworlds. Um, I, 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 it's doing something that I love, which is with Big Finish, while it is very, very nice to drop in on, you know, different eras of Doctor Who for, um, you know, a story or, you know, well, a story at a time, was, which was quite often, you know, the main range. You got a single story. It was standalone mostly. Maybe sometimes was in the series with others, but um, something I love about these sets and that's something that the box set um, format is using really, really well is we're getting serialization. Um, and it, as you said, it does feel like an era. It's being written as an era um, and it's being written as an ongoing series, which always, always, always adds something, I think. Um, Purity Undreamed, I really loved. Um, and I'll start with for the pettiest reason that the quickest way to my heart is through City of Death and Shatter. And two of the stories in this are sequels to those by Stealth. Um, the second in the set, uh, reverse engineering, is sort of based around the time travel technology used in that, or there's a mention that it comes from that, um, Professor Kerensky's machine. Um, and then the second one uh, brings back uh, Dronid, or the, the people from the planet Dronid, which is mentioned in Shada, um, which is where Skagger comes from. And uh, yeah, instantly... I just fall in love. <laughs> um, but they're excellent stories in their own right. Um, I re I think I would say my favourite from the set was probably Chronomancer. Um, because it sort of snuck up on me, and going into major spoilers, it sort of... I'd, I'd, I'd sort of half figured there was something going on with Patricia McBride, but then you get that really awful gut punch that she's... Um, a eugenicist. She's she's 
doesn't think that what what's that list? She goes through the list of people. It's disabled people, uh, homosexuals. There's a third one she adds on. Then it just shouldn't exist. Everyone should be like her, and it's gobsmacking to hear this character that the doctor has welcomed into the TARDIS, that the characters have been friends with, and and all just suddenly blurts all of this out, um, and feels no shame about it. Um, I recently. Um, looked up a few old friends on Facebook and whatnot, and there was someone who I used to be quite friendly with is now very vocal in certain views about things, and that sort of resonated then a wee bit. Um, when when the Patricia when the Patricia McBride stuff came up then, um, it snuck up on me as well then, and that's as what is that's what I sort of mean when I was talking about why it's so good that this feels like an ongoing series that cliffhanger at the end where Hebe gets written out of time um presumably by patricia changing history um was an absolute gut punch it 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 i wasn't expecting to come out of that feeling the way i did um but it was absolutely superb um really 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 strong set really excited for the next one we've had sort of these two six doctor releases fairly close to each other there's only been a sort of few month gap um and it's it feels like it's actually going to be a very very long time before we get more now um it feels like a fast-paced ongoing series and as you've said and i genuinely do want to hear what's coming next where that cliffhanger's going what character Patricia's going to do next um, I think the way they handled Patricia was just so brilliantly done uh, obviously this very horrible unpleasant person um, but we don't learn that until the last story in the set and she's essentially being given companion status uh, at that point and the doctor has to kind of U-turn on that and the way he does is so much better than other times we've seen him reject a companion. Uh, I'm thinking about um, Adam Mitchell in series one, for example, you know, at the end of the long game where, you know, he messes up and just gets dumped back at home. Um, This was done just so incredibly well. And it it really feels as though this series is going to explore some very interesting territory now. Uh, what are your thoughts on it, Mansell? Just that on that um, the way you know dumping a companion. I thought that there's quite an interesting contrast with Adam because with Adam Mitchell, the Doctor, it's almost like it's played as a joke at the end, and the Doctor's kind of in control and he's just going, "Nope, you're not travelling with me." This one was really different because the Sixth Doctor is just like kind of in shock. It's like feels really upset and betrayed. Um, so that was interesting because the the doctor's not often on the back foot in that way. They you know they've always got a plan or some some you know some way of getting out of things or uh, especially with you know with the seventh doctor and and but like yeah that was interesting that the doctor was just like personally hurt by this. Um, but I thought the set yeah was really good. I'm uh, also really excited for what's coming next, and I'm kind of like sad that it's going to be a bigger gap because I think it helps. Like a, 
I really like the connection between these these box sets, and I wish that they could like keep that momentum up by releasing them closer together. Um, and I know it's tough because they've got so much to to fit into the schedules, but um, but yeah, uh, really eager for the next one. And and yeah, the whole Patricia thing that was probably the most interesting thing for me because like you you get loads of like. Um, you know, um, fascist or prejudiced sci-fi villains in Big Finish, but there's not not many like contemporary or near contemporary ones. Um, you know, you you, you kind of get more of that, but maybe in Torchwood. Um, well, yeah, we had like sorts of elements of it with the, the this month's uh, monthly Torchwood release. Um, but yeah, not really in the main Doctor Who range. It's almost like I think. In recent years, it feel well since the TV series came back. There's understandably maybe a bit more caution around going near anything contemporary that's quite controversial. Yeah, I, I, so I quite like the fact that Big Finish is getting into you know things that they might have maybe shied away from in the past by having a contemporary character who's introduced as a potential friend, potential ally, and turns out to have these like really horrible views that are out there at the moment in the world um so yeah i thought that was uh quite a good interesting choice and it is something to sort of bear in mind while listening that these there are people like patricia out there she's as you say she's not a sci-fi character it's perfectly believable that there would be some stuffy lecturer at a university somewhere that just holds uh, frankly atrocious views um and yeah it was I, I just think the way it was handled the way it was played was just so well done and i think it it's it provided a real sort of emotional gut punch that okay we saw something coming but maybe not quite that and i think it really elevated chronomancer as an episode um and it's interesting that you should mention um, sort of Big Finish being able to venture into territory uh, that maybe the TV series can't because it's something, because uh, we record this podcast out of order sometimes, it's something we're actually discussing next week's episode uh, when looking at how historical events are handled and looked at historical figures and historical events are looked at and handled uh, in TV Doctor Who and in Big Finish. So um, that is something we'll discuss a little bit more next week. Um, so August has been a very strong month again at Big Finish. I, I do think we've been spoiled this year, really. Um, I think there's definitely uh, been some really, really good stuff. Um, I'm glad that you guys have enjoyed it all as well. Um, I suppose all that is left is to throw in our semi-regular thing that we end the show on, uh, where I ask you guys what else you have been listening to recently. Uh, so I'll go with Connor first. Um, I recently re-listened to The Marion Conspiracy, um, which was sort of a little bit inspired by Waterworld's um, sort of um, you know, introducing KB, who is one of Evelyn's. Um, who or was one of Evelyn's students, um. So I decided I would go right back to the start and and listen to a little bit of Evelyn, 
and it's so much fun. Um, I have forgotten just how much fun it is to listen to and just how instantly lovable Evelyn is, um, which is just a testament to how good Maggie Stables was and how much um, warmth and how much character she brought to Evelyn. Um, I've also done a little bit of a, a run of the Ninth Doctor Adventures. Um, I did um, the new set I did Into the Stars, and then I did a couple um, from some of the other sets. I did Fond Farewell, which is excellent. Um, really, really great story. Really great idea behind it with um, someone being brought back as a hologram. Uh, made out of their own memories to attend their own funeral but they've been edited slightly to to reflect more the person that the funeral goers remember rather than the person who the person who actually existed um i also did monsters in metropolis um with the cyberman um which is again excellent um has a lot of dalek in it it has a lot of the silver turk in it but those are really, really good source material to pull from, and the, the result is just fantastic. No pun intended. <laughs> it's, it's impossible. It's impossible to not. Yeah, make yeah. that joke, isn't it? When talking you just about have, the Ninth Doctor, you just have to say it. You can't resist. Yep. Um, what about you, man? So, what else have you been listening to recently? Uh, not loads. Like uh, a, a, a lot of my listening has been like uh, catching up with releases for this month. But one thing I did listen to recently when prepping for the Gallifrey episode was the Gallifrey episode of the New Adventures of Bernie Summerfield. Um, uh, yeah, which is it was nice to hear a bit of uh, David Warner after he'd passed recently, and it's just a uh, yeah a nice little. Um, self-contained episode but that does have connections to other Gallifrey uh, characters and it, it's one of those episodes that's got a really epic title when you have the full thing which is Doctor Who the New Adventures of Bernie Summerfield Volume 6 Lost in Translation Gallifrey um, so it's yeah I would recommend I'd recommend that whole little sub range actually all the, the David Warner Bernice box sets. Uh, they've all been really good. I'm very, very close to listening um, to those for the first time. Um, my Bernie Marathon is sort of getting close to that point now, um, and I'm enjoying everything so far, but everything I've heard about the David Warner sets, it's just positive. It's just that, you know, the pairing's so good and the stories are so good, so I'm very much looking forward to getting there. Um, and that kind of answers my question for this section as well. I've been listening to a lot of Bernie Summerfield um, and reading the odd book throughout as well. Uh, so I've read Present Danger um, to go with the sort of other stories in that arc. Um, and yeah, really enjoyed it. Okay then, well that is all we have time for today, uh, but it's been great talking about um, such an enjoyable set of releases uh, from this last month with you um we'll be back as i've said next week uh, where we discuss history a little bit more it's the second part of our mini history series 
Um, and we've also got an episode about season two of the classic series coming up soon as well, following up the season one did uh, season one that we did last month. Um, but for now, I shall say goodbye to Mansoor. Goodbye. And goodbye to Connor. Goodbye. Thank you very much. And we shall be back with further spodcasting next week. Goodbye now. Goodbye.